Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Perfect Secrets of WCW Nitro. Brian Shields, my man, how you doing? How are you? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Anytime, you know, when it comes to WrestleMania season, I got to have you on, you know? All right, well... Look, I, I, it's a great time of year, an exciting time of year, and, and I always appreciate uh, you thinking of me to come on. It's great to talk to you. Likewise, man. Um, you can follow Brian Shields, the uh, New York Times bestselling author, 30 years of WrestleMania on Twitter and Instagram at It's Brian Shields. So we are on the road to WrestleMania 35. We'll get to that um, in a minute, but also... We are, we are recording this on March 21st, but yesterday, March 20th, made the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania 10. So to to me and Brian, it might sound like, holy shit, that's a long time ago. We're getting old, Brian. <laughs> and to some people were just like, oh, it's just WrestleMania 10. But I think it's right. it does have a real significance um, in pro wrestling and how we see it today. So before we get to that, WrestleMania 35 in just a few weeks, MetLife Stadium. First of all, are you going to WrestleMania 35, Brian? Not at this time, no. Uh, I am working on something uh, that uh, right now it looks like I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to uh, any of the WrestleMania week festivities, which is very disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I do a lot of work um, with WWE and, and I do a lot of work outside of WWE. Um, so it, it doesn't look like right, right now, it, it doesn't look like I, I will, I will be there this year in person. Yeah, me either. Right now, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get there somehow, some way, but right now it doesn't look like that, which is, you know, okay with me. I can be at home and watching it on the network. You, you know, you never know with the weather, how it might be, especially here in New York in an open stadium, but, um, looking forward to it, but the first question I want to ask you is that you know how back in the day where once you once the Royal Rumble was over, you know it's WrestleMania season. And back in the day, they would have one show in February. After that, it's Mania in March or maybe April. Nowadays, we have the Rumble in January. We get a show in February. We get a show in March. Then we get the Mania in April. I want to ask you uh, for this year in particular does it feel like does it feel like Wrestlemania season to you um the build the excitement um is it kind of underwhelming to you for so you know we've seen so many Wrestlemanias and the builds be so crazy and we're all like we can't wait for it is this year kind of underwhelming to you or are you giving them the benefit of the doubt that we're still you know three weeks away well, I mean, it's, WrestleMania for me is is never it's never underwhelming, and I think that's just because I, I'm such a fan, 
and I, I grew up such a fan. So, you know, there's a certain time of year where, you know, where I just get excited for WrestleMania. Um, you know, I think, I think it is a very different landscape today and as it has been now for, you know, more than 20 years where now there's a pay-per-view every month. Right. Right. You know, it wasn't, I mean, most people don't remember WrestleMania. The first WrestleMania was not even WWE's first pay-per-view event. Um, in 1985, it was later that year, something called the wrestling classic Mm -hmm. out of Chicago. Um, so I just, for me, um, I, I, I hear a lot of talk online, uh, that the, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, questions about how long the show is going to be in terms of a yeah. broadcast. Right. Um, but you know, for me, uh, I'm just always very excited every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we still have, uh, some time to go between now and the big show so you know you, you never know what's going to happen um you know you mentioned the, the length of time you know i know a lot of fans are um you know if they're younger they don't care how long wrestlemania is you know you know we we're used to three hours three and a half four hours but now it's been getting to you know four and a half and five and when you count in the the pre-show and then this happened before that and and now with it being on the network, Brian, and I know they still do it on pay-per-view, but it's not like they really have to answer to these cable companies of, you know, got to be off the air by a certain time. They have the network. They can start when they want. They can they can get off when they want. So I think they have more freedom to do that and kind of feel like if, if we can try to get everybody on the card to have some significant role, we're going to do that because we are in the network and there's no time for us to get off. But as a fan, whether you're there or not, are, does it concern you that, hey, I know it's WrestleMania, but it doesn't have to be like five, six hours long? Well, I, I think the thing is, is, is exactly how long are, are you talking about? I think in general... I think people appreciate, and frankly, I think people want the biggest event of the year to be special in every possible way. And part of that is having more matches, having a, a longer event running time. Um, so I think it's just a matter of, you know, get finding that, that sweet spot of, okay, well, this is the amount of time that we're going to have for, you know, for WrestleMania. Um, but you know, and the venue, you know, the venue itself doesn't care. They just want people in the stadium. And, uh, and like you said, the cable companies, I mean, you know, look, there's still pay-per-view, obviously we still use the term, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean the WWE network, it's their broadcast, literally. Um, so, you know, they can make it as long or as, as short as they want. Um, and, you know, and, and then have to, I guess, deal with whatever comes after that. So, uh, I think people like the idea in general that it's a longer show. I, I think when you start getting into like six, seven hours, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that's something that, uh, that people want to see either, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- WWE has a, a very close touch with their fan base. They're always listening to their audience. And, um, and if there's feedback, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, how many people were watching on the network live or cause people have to understand that Randy, like on the network, if you're talking about a streaming service, you know, you're getting real time feedback, right? You'll, you're able to know, okay, how many people are watching this at this moment? How, how many people are, uh, are watching it in an hour or two hours? You know, if, you know, half of your audience turned it off, you know, 60, 70 percent into the show, you know, then then, you know, OK, well, something's got to change. And, and WWE is always looking to their their fan base and looking at their audience for uh, for those kinds of things. So I, I'm very confident that that they'll find uh, the right runtime, you know, for uh, for the event. Well, right now the rumor is um, maybe sixteen, seventeen matches. That, that that's the rumor right now. We have maybe nine or ten. So again, we are a couple of weeks away from getting a, a finalized card. But, but from what you know right now from the card that's out there, um, is there a match or two right now that that, that is really? making you feel like, you know what, this is probably the match or two that I really want to see the most. I, I know most are going to say the Ronda Charlotte-Becky match. Uh, if that's the case, um, how how much forward are you looking for that? And is, is there uh, a, a second match that you definitely want to see? Uh, well, first off, definitely the triple threat for the Raw Women's title. Mm. Um, you know, right. I, I, I'm very interested in that. Um, there are some other matches that I'm really interested in as well. Uh, I think AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, I think, uh, could be match of the night. Uh, you're talking about two real masters of their craft. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really interested in that. Um, the uh, Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese match. I think is going to be great for the cruiserweight championship. Um, you know, I mean, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, I think could also be great because both of those guys are, are so good at adapting to opponents of different styles. Uh, though I will say I'm a little disappointed uh, that there's no Mysterio Andrade match. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you saw what the, if you guys, if you see what they did on SmackDown, those matches were amazing. Um, so I, I hope at some point we do get, uh, Mysterio Andrade and maybe it is for SummerSlam. Um, but you know, I, I would like to see that for sure. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of matches, uh, that I'm, I'm really, uh, that I'm really looking forward to. Um, for me, I I think the Ronda Becky Charlotte is could be the most intriguing because it is out there that it, it could possibly be the main event of WrestleMania, and that'll be the first time a women's match goes on last. I want to ask you 
We've had 34 main events in WrestleMania, all male matches. If one, if it is a main event, Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte, what does that mean for the company? And two, what would make them have cold feet and not put them on last, even though they probably have the most intriguing storyline going back to the Survivor Series? I, I don't know what what hesitation there would be. It is, I mean, it's the hottest thing in the company. To me, uh, to me, the that women's triple threat is is the most exciting storyline and, and match that they have, bar none. So I, I don't I don't know what hesitation there would be. Uh, it should to me that match should be the main event. That's it. <laughs> Point blank. That should be it, huh? Yeah. Well, what else? Well, here's the thing. What else? What else has has had the kind of energy and response and anticipation as as that match? And and because I I do always believe that uh, that the match, uh, you know, well, not always. Most of the time, the match for the title should be the last match. You got it. It's the women's title. WWE women's title. It should absolutely be the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, I, I agree because I think the other matches and their stories either just started or doesn't have, like you mentioned, the steam. Like, I can say the Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins um, should should not be the main event because the storyline hasn't always been there. Brock Lesnar hasn't always been on TV for the uh, past couple of weeks and months. So, um, that you know, everything with Brock is always tricky for the, the, the universal title. Uh, I know he went on last the last couple of times with, with uh, Roman Reigns and stuff like that, but he's been in and out. And they haven't. And, and you would you would think, hey, if you win the Royal Rumble, you know that's going to be automatically the, the the main event of Mania. But in recent times, that hasn't been the case. Uh, we have Roman and Taker be the main event um, two years ago. We had Roman and Brock be the main event last year. So um, also. Even Daniel Bryan against, I think Kofi Kingston. If it plays out that way, even for the for the title, that 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 may not be the main event. And that that storyline just really got kicked off recently. It's still white hot, but I don't think it trumps uh, Rousey, Becky, and Charlotte. Um, I'm looking forward to Triple H and Batista. I want to see how that goes in no holds barred match and see how they can pick up steam for their their rivalry going into to Mania. I'm a little disappointed. So far, they might change it, but, you know, Kurt Angle's farewell match is against Baron Corbin. I know a lot of fans don't want to see Baron Corbin. They don't like him. They would rather see John Cena, which makes the most sense because John Cena uh, was um, – Kurt Angle was John Cena's first opponent back in 02. So the story is there. Why would they go with Corbin? I don't know. But um, does that surprise you that right now it is Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin in Kurt Angle's farewell match? Yeah, well, well, first let me let me backtrack because I I, I do hope mm. that we see Daniel Bryan Kofi Kingston. I I am all about I am all about Kofi Mania. 
Um, you know, for, for Kurt Angle, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think everybody, uh, everybody's response to the match being announced, um, I think that that says everything. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I, I think because of what Kurt has accomplished in wrestling, I, I think that um, I think that they, you know, they, they were hoping for something different, um, you know. But the story, you know, look, the storyline has to be there, and um, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's great over the last two years how Kurt Angle has been brought back to WWE, and. Um, I think the most important thing is is enjoying, you know, enjoying uh, whatever match she's going to be in. I mean, when you when I first heard, like, okay, well, he's going to have a farewell match. You know, it's a farewell match. It's not it's not Kurt Angle from ten or twelve years ago either. Right. Right. Um. So. But the, I mean the I mean John Cena, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, you know I mean those are are names who it's like okay well he's had incredible matches with these guys, um, you know now granted not all in a WWE ring, but you know uh, so we'll we'll see we'll we'll see what happens you know something I mean look it's it was it three weeks away. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't know anything about what John Cena is doing. We don't know, right? We don't know anything about if Undertaker is going to be there in some form. Um, you know, who knows? So that that could all it could all change. I do want to backtrack to to to, to Rousey, Becky, Charlotte. I want to ask you. Yeah. You know, we've seen. I think I had you on back in November, and this. Yep. This is a time where she was, you know, still champion and she was still the, you know, smiling, happy, happy to be here, you know, kind of uh, portrayal. But they've really flipped the switch the last couple of weeks where if you told me Ronda Rousey from the UFC was coming to WWE, this would be the, the kind of portrayal that you want to see where she's a badass, she, she, she's kicking everybody's ass, she, she, she's... You know, with the face and everything, she's really going out there trying to hurt people, and that's that's the way I felt it should have been. But what's your take on now them flipping the switch on her? She's, I guess, she's kind of in, in a heel tweener kind of role, and her promos are really are really dictating that. Um, not sure if she's the full heel going into Mania. I think Charlotte would be the full heel in that match, but. Your thoughts on how they they're changing the perception of, of Ronda Rousey lately? Well, I mean, if, if if you look at if you look at over the last year, you know, I mean, uh, Becky, the character of Becky Lynch was very different a year ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I think between the crowd really getting behind. Uh, Becky, which is very exciting um, and, uh, and and just phenomenal to see because of the kind of talent that she is. Um, 
you know, it's just uh, it's one of those things where I, I think you you had to you had to do it because they got to a point where the fans were not were not getting behind Ronda. So at that point, you know what what are you what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I mean I like it. Because he, here's the thing that's important, I, I think, to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, exceptions to the rule are exceptions to the rule. So, like, when we used to hear in a lot of markets that the crowd was split for Cena, um, there was still so much positive business performance for him where it was okay we we keep him at this this kind of you know quote unquote good guy character um you know you were experiencing that with roman reigns as well where it was okay well in certain markets or a lot of markets depending on who you talk to uh the the crowds are split well there's there's a a a, a lot of merchandise being moved or you know whatever the case may be where it's okay well this person's very popular mm-hmm. um, so when you have that kind of a dynamic and a challenge it's um, more difficult to I would think I'm just speaking as a fan um, it's more difficult to make that decision of um, you know okay do we make this do we turn this person's character from a good guy to a bad guy. Right? Right. So for Ronda Rousey, you know, her career in WWE has has not been that long. Um, she's been doing, you know, great in in ring as a performer. Um, but the you know, the the fans were really getting behind Becky. I mean, Charlotte was the same. They were originally both good guys. And and Becky you know, Becky turned, you know, turned on Charlotte. Was that at SummerSlam? Yeah. And and everybody cheered. So they're, they're you know, they're, they're uh, I think, I think doing this is the, is uh, what makes the most sense. And um, I think it's, I think it's been, by and large, I think it's been great. And I think a lot of people want to see the match. How excited are you? to see Triple H and Batista go at it. I'm look I'm excited about it. You know they they have a great history um and which I hope the younger fans go back to the W on the WWE network and learn about. Um they do they have a great history. I think the match I think the match is going to be very good. Um I love Batista in this role and if you if anyone has listened to any of his interviews like he did a great interview a couple of years ago on Chris Jericho's podcast um, where he said he wanted when he came back in 2000 what was it 14 yeah um, you know he said he wanted to come back as a villain um, I think in, in this role what he's doing is great and and his his uh, interview segment the other night you know from his office with michael cole 
I mean, there's something sinister about the powerful villain who is not raising their voice at all. They're completely calm. And uh, so I'm interested in the match. I think it's going to be very good. Um, you know, so let, let's let's have it. I mean, it's, you know, th- there's a very intriguing thing there also where uh, Batista is one of the only guys that Triple H has never defeated. True. True. So there's a, there's a lot of a lot of really good a lot of really good story elements uh, to to take on there. And do you think um, you think Seth Rollins pulls it off, or do we do we see the the, the, the continuous reign of Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion? Um. You know, I, I don't know because there have been times before where I thought Brock was going to lose and he didn't. Um, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe we see the, you know, the, the, uh, the shield one more time come out and help their brother slay the beast. Hmm. That'd be nice. You know, um, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure about that match. I mean, cause so many, you know, so many things can happen. Right. Um, so I, I know, I know there's going to be a few more matches added. I, I'm pretty sure maybe, maybe Daniel Bryan, Kofi. Matter of fact, let's stay on that. You mentioned you're all in for Kofi Mania. Yes. Um, and Daniel Bryan, he he came back to wrestling last year for WrestleMania. A year later, he's the bad guy. He's doing his whole ecosystem kind of uh, portrayal, something something very different on, on his behalf. And now, a really recent kind of push for Kofi Kingston. Um, it was supposed to be um, Mustafa Ali in the chamber. He gets hurt. They they plug in Kofi. The fans get behind him. He does a gauntlet match. He, you know, he doesn't win, but he's in there the longest. Um, and he defeats Daniel Bryan in that first gauntlet match. Fans are more getting behind him. And now it's a thing where, hey, can we get Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania? And now that's you, you're, you're almost there. They're, they're, they're prolonging the story. But, is you know, not surprising, but... Um, you know, for me on SmackDown, I was like, who else? Who else would Daniel Bryan face? You know, he he, he fought AJ a whole bunch of times. Um, maybe Samoa Joe, we don't know. Randy Orton. You know, and then you go down the line, and you say Kofi Kingston, and it's like Kofi. You know, the story is he's been there eleven years, never had a world title shot, never um, was a world champion as far as the main belt, multiple time tag champion, all that good stuff. But um, how? excited are you to possibly see Daniel Bryan at Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania? Oh, totally fired up. Uh, that's a match where, uh, where, where those, those guys, that's another match to me where it could be match of the night. Um, those guys are both so good. Um, I mean, it, it, it really, really could be. Um, you know, and I, I think I think one of the one of the things, the time honored things that I've loved about wrestling since I was a kid is, you know, following someone throughout their entire career 
where they, you know, held different championships, whether it was the, you know, the U.S. title, whether it was the, you know, the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title. Uh, they were a tag team champion. But when you see them get to this point where now they're, you know, they're vying for the, the world title, WWE championship, you know, um, I just, uh, I, I love that part of it where you feel like, wow, they're really, um, you know, they, they, they've really evolved. And, uh, and I, I really hope that match happens. And um, and I I just I hope if it happens that that it's given a lot of time because those guys hmm. those guys could really tear it up. And what about your guy, uh, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, <laughs> and the Miz? <laughs> um, you know I, I I mean I I I think I think the Miz is is one of the best WWE superstars. Um, the guy can do anything. He makes anything he's part of successful. Mm. And um, I think the match for, for what it is is going to be very good. Um, Shane McMahon has a lot of athleticism, a lot of heart. And um, and I, I think he he's very good at, at playing a villain. Um, so I, I think I think the match is going to be very good. Um, but you know, Miz is another guy who, you know, I mean, he's been with the company for so many years. He's held so many different championships. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think people want to see him as WWE champion. I, I, I really do. Yeah. And you know, with him and Daniel Bryan going back at it back and forth for so many years and you would think. With Daniel Bryan, you know, my my initial thing was Daniel Bryan either was to, win, before he turned heel, was to win the Rumble because it, it was in Phoenix. And then, you know, maybe uh, Miz would have won the belt somehow, some way. And then you get the Miz, Miz and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. But they flipped it. So now Daniel Bryan is the heel. Miz is the good guy. Yeah. So hopefully down the road you get Daniel Bryan and the Miz, depending on what, what they do with Kofi. But um, seeing the Miz in a, in a good guy role is different. It's kind of brand new. I know they tried it years ago. It, it just didn't work out. But um, no other way to get more, become more of a good guy when you're going going up, going up against a heel, Shane McMahon. You know. Well, that, that's the thing is that I, I mean I do think ultimately I I think people um, I think people love the Miz as a villain. Um, but you know this has been very well done, and um, and I, I think it is going to be I think it is going to be a very good match. Um, so yeah, I I think so too. Um, I think if I had to pick what match would kick off WrestleMania uh, on the main card. I think it. I think it could be Shane and Miz. I'm trying to think of what else they might go with. Thinking you know, Cadell would like to start off hot, so that can that could be a Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio. That could be a Shane and Miz. I don't think they'll go with AJ and Orton right out. You know, off the right in the beginning. Right. I, I won't be surprised because AJ did kick off WrestleMania, I believe, with Shane at 33. So I won't be shocked. Um, I'm a little shocked that AJ hasn't had um. 
well, not that shock, but he he hasn't had a main event at Mania since uh, he got here. But um, which match do you think kicks off WrestleMania? Uh, from what we know now, from from, from what we know now. Hmm. You know, it, it it might be Joe versus Mysterio. Hmm. Uh, you know, Mysterio. Um has a, a great history of, of really setting off uh, exciting events and WrestleManias. Um, you know, I just, I, I think back to that WrestleMania 21, uh, him and Eddie Guerrero was just lights out, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and SummerSlam, I think it was 2002, him versus Kurt Angle was nuts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that might be... Uh, you know that might be the one. Um, the cruiserweight. Um, I, w- I. You know what? I'm going to say this right now. I would love for the cruiserweight championship match to kick off WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, but those guys, I, I think those guys are going to have a, a fantastic match, and um, and I'd, I'd love to see it. Mm. Well, we do have more matches coming. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next three weeks. But WrestleMania 35 should be a good one. Hopefully it is. You know, with the old building of, of the storylines as we get closer. Um, April 7th at MetLife Stadium. The second time it's at MetLife in the last uh, six years. Yep. So um, next year next year it'll be in Tampa. So they go to a warmer climate <laughs> for next year. So uh, let's see if me and you uh, can get a chance to go down there. But um, knowing that me and you are very nostalgic fans and uh, we like to talk about, you know, what happened back in the day and anniversaries and stuff like that. So yesterday, March 20th, 1994, um, you know, today or yesterday would make the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania 10. And, you know, it's a very, a very interesting time, very interesting WrestleMania. Uh, I want to ask you right off the bat, because you did do the book 30 years of WrestleMania um, a few years ago. And um, I know you did a lot of work and research for all the WrestleManias up to 30 at that time. So, me looking back, researching WrestleMania 10, what was going on, who was the, who was there in the company, who had left, and um, the first question I ask you is, how easy was it to make the decision to have WrestleMania 10 be at the Garden because because WrestleMania 1 was at the Garden and the legacy of having WrestleMania 10 back at the Garden? Well, I, I, I think... I, I think what it what it showed at that time was uh, what you have today still, and that's the you know McMahon family's um, wonderful relationship uh, with the fans of of New York and New York City, uh, Madison Square Garden, um, and I think it was very important you know on the tenth anniversary. Uh, which they get, which they did again ten years later for WrestleMania 20. Um, you know, to have it be at Madison Square Garden. I mean, you know, people have to remember. Uh, it's important to remember that the McMahon's. You know, I mean, they they have been promoting sports and entertainment um, for 
almost 100 years. I mean, going back to Vince McMahon's grandfather, um, who promoted boxing in, in New York. Um, so, you know, there's a very special relationship, I think, that the McMahon family and WWE uh, have with, you know, with New York and uh, and New York City. And um, so it was very important to, to go back to the Garden for WrestleMania 10. And I, I'll, I'll ask you this, you know, um, they nowadays they do they go into the big stadiums, which you know we 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 get. Um, but during that time, in the first ten years, they did the stadium for WrestleMania three at Pontiac Silverdome. They did WrestleMania six at the Sky Dome, and they went to uh, WrestleMania eight at the Hoosier Dome. So when you get back to WrestleMania ten, it is a smaller venue than those stadiums the question i have for you is we haven't had a wrestlemania at the garden since wrestlemania 20 that was back in 04 right and the way they've been going it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon do you think we get another wrestlemania at the garden i i, I do not uh and the and the reason for that is i i think wrestlemania has the enormity that WrestleMania has grown to, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I, I think it is a stadium show. Um, it, it's you know something for for a stadium every year, and that was actually a mandate uh, from Vince McMahon um, coming out of WrestleMania 22, which was in Chicago. Um, at the um, uh, which is in you know indoor uh, the indoor arena yeah the uh, the Rosemont uh, the, the what is what used to be the Rosemont Horizon right um, and uh, and actually WWE's first pay per view what I mentioned earlier uh, the wrestling classic was held at the Rosemont Horizon so you know Chicago's another city Rosemont's another building. Uh, that has a great wrestling history and a great one with WWE. Um, but, you know, the directive from Vince McMahon um, was after WrestleMania 22, every year WrestleMania is to be in a stadium. And um, if you look back from 23 on, that's exactly what it's been. Um, so... You know, and WrestleMania 32, you know, broke the indoor attendance record in Dallas, had over 100,000 fans there. Um, So that directive, that strategy has been very successful for WWE. Mm. And if you look at now uh, this year's Royal Rumble, uh, what they're doing next year, uh, it looks like like the Royal Rumble is going to be in stadiums as well. So, so I, I would I would assume at some point in time you're gonna have WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and the Survivor Series be the big stadium shows, and everything else would be indoors in a, in, a, in a smaller building, right? At some point, um, or maybe not Survivor Series. <laughs> I think well. I- I think definitely Royal Rumble and Wrestle well, WrestleMania definitely. I mean, we're we're now, um, you know, over a decade into that, right? 
So definitely WrestleMania. That's I think that's going to stay. Um, you know, I, I think with um, I, I definitely think with Royal Rumble that that seems to be the um, the the idea that that they're experimenting with, mm. and uh, and I think we'll see from there. You know, um, you know, SummerSlam is very successful, so. Um, you know, they could definitely go to that, that format if, if they wanted to. Um, but you know, definitely WrestleMania is going to, I think, continue in this. And I, I'm very interested to see what happens with the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, as it, as that continues to grow. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. You know, it's, it's very, very exciting, uh, when you look at it. You know, in that in that way. But as far as um, a you know conventional indoor arena where you would have Monday Night Raw, Monday Night's uh, I'm sorry, uh, Smack. We have Monday Night Raw. You'd have SmackDown, uh, and you'd have you know the uh, the monthly pay per views. I think and and the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's where it's going to. You know that that's that's where those those shows are going to stay right raw smackdown nxt hall of fame yeah you know because uh it's those are perfect for those venues wrestlemania is too big uh, of an event too many people want to see it live and experience it which having been to seven wrestlemanias uh, I can tell you there is nothing like experiencing mm-hmm. Rest- WrestleMania live. Um, I'm sorry, six. Um, so, you know, it just it doesn't make any sense uh, to have WrestleMania in a 20,000 seat venue. OK, then how about the, you know, let's say it's WrestleMania 50, right, for example. And they say, you know what, we'll have the, the stadium show but then like they 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 copy the formula of wrestlemania 2 and having it in three different venues and then you could say well we have this portion at the garden we have this portion at okay let's say it, it is metlife for example and let's say the other portion of it is at barclays where you're really having everything in new york but it's it's, it's a magical 50 can we can we can that possibly be ever be an idea for them to do well, look, I, you know, it's become a cliche, but you never say never when it comes to WWE. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I I don't understand what the benefit of that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to have I think to have one, um, you know, one great venue, mm. everybody focused on that venue. I mean, you know, at the time. That that approach for WrestleMania two was great because WWE was in the midst of expanding nationally as right. as a um, as a company. Um, so you know they, they don't I, I don't think they they have to make those kind of gambles today. Right. Um. Well, with WrestleMania 10, Brian, it, it is it was the first WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. So I think right off the back, um, yeah, we have it back at the Garden. But then the one thing you kind of notice is, oh, there's no Hulk Hogan, and he was part of the first nine WrestleManias. I think he main evented, let's say one, two, three, 
five, six, seven, eight. So that he he made evented seven out of nine. The seven out of the first nine WrestleManias. Um, he did not main event WrestleMania four because that was Macho and DiBiase, and right. WrestleMania nine was Bret and Yoko. Um. So right off the back, no Hulk Hogan. He did not leave for WCW at this time. He he just left the company, yep. and now you're bringing in. You know the, the the landscape is changing with the whole new generation era with Brett, with Sean, with Taker, with Diesel, with Razor. Those were like the main core guys on the roster. Um, also, this WrestleMania was the last televised match for the Macho Man with the company. So a lot of things are changing. The old guard is you know going different places and you're bringing in this 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 new generation um right off the bat what that whole thing means where no hogan last match for macho and you're kind of incorporating this new uh talent i mean brett and sean were not new but they were becoming the new faces of the company well you know randy you're exactly right i mean this was a a, a time of transition for wwe um so you know, I mean, uh, and not only was this the first Mac, first WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan, but if you look at the names that really made iconic WrestleMania moments, those first nine years, they were almost all gone, except for Roddy Piper, who was the uh, special guest referee for the Brett Yoko match. Mm-hmm. Randy Savage was in a match with Crush at the middle of the card, right? Um, and you mentioned, um, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, it's actually, I think, the only WrestleMania that Undertaker did not perform. True. Uh, he, yeah, he was he was not on the card, but. You know, if you look back those first, you know, nine years, ten years of WrestleMania, there are a lot of names there that had a, a that were really responsible for helping create the mystique of WrestleMania to make it what it was, and they weren't there. They were gone for whatever reason. So it really was a very different time, and it was something where um where you know WWE was was going in a different direction. Yeah, and you know you, you can also tell by as you mentioned the the the, the people on the card um I'm trying to get it now plus you know this was a lot shorter um than the rest of main as you have nowadays so you mentioned Macho I think we had um we even had Mr. Perfect there as a as a referee. We had uh, Yoko. We mentioned we had Crush. You mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow was involved. Um, we I said uh, Lex Luger with that whole Lex Express kind of movement, and um, you know then we got to him and Brett with going back to the Rumble and having two winners, which is why we had kind of like a double main event um owen hart was involved i don't want to forget that owen hart Bret hart match i know i'll get to it in in a second but um you know this you know 10 matches that's all you had for wrestlemania 10 there's no andre there's no dibiase you mentioned there's no um warrior a lot of the old guard of the 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 golden era of the company are 
are no longer there. Earthquake, Adam no. Bomb, Razor, Sean. So it's definitely I, a different time. I mean, think of a WrestleMania without Bobby the Brain Heenan, mm-hmm. without Mean Gene Okerlund. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a you know Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy, you know Tito Santana, Ricky Steamboat. Wow. I mean, you know, you really it was a very it was a very different time. Uh, and a time of great transition for WWE. Yeah. Um, and plus, you know, I think at this time, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they were relying a lot of, relying a lot on like the influence of celebrities and uh, a guest ring host uh, announcer and a guest uh, timekeeper and a guest bell person and backstage people. So that's where like maybe them losing the bigger talent and they wanted to get the influence of the celebrities not only for Wrestlemania 10 but also Wrestlemania 11 uh, I think those were the two from what I remember the two main is that they were, were really heavily influenced by outside celebrities yes I mean at that point also you know it was still something where uh, you know where WWE liked to partner with people from other either realms of sport or entertainment um, to, you know, help draw in uh, a larger mass market audience. So, yeah, I mean, Burt Reynolds, Jenny Garth, uh, you know, they were, you know, they were, uh, they were part of, you know, WrestleMania 10. So, you know, it really, um, it was, it was a very, uh, very different time. And you know, with the match, with the first match in the main event, uh, it's funny how that was ninety four. Then you had WrestleMania thirty. What year was thirty? Twenty fourteen. Uh-huh. So you're looking at twenty ye twenty years later that WrestleMania thirty was influenced by WrestleMania ten with the fact that the storyline where the winner of the first match, if um gets the title shot at the end. Um, so Brett won the match against Owen, and then he was going to automatically be um, get the winner of Luger and Yoko from the middle of the night. So he'll be in the first match, and he'll be in the main event. So Daniel Bryan was in the first match. If he won, he'll be in the main event for the title. So I, I think there is some WrestleMania 10 influence of WrestleMania 30 20 years later, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, there, there are certain storyline uh, types where, uh, you know, they, they, they work very well. And if a, uh, if a character or a, or a mashup comes along and, and it can work well, it's what's old is new again. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've had, I've had you on the show before and we, we've mentioned Owen and Brett, um, but now, since we're on WrestleMania 10, that opened the show, and you're talking about 25 years later, people still put that match in a top five, top 10 WrestleMania match of all time. And those who haven't seen it, go ahead and do it. But with the this, with this storyline, with the build, with the family, with everything that's been going on, the King of Hearts, and you get Owen and Brett to open WrestleMania, you know, if you see Owen and Brett on the, on, on the paper, you, you're probably like, all right, that's going to go in the middle, damn near near the end. No, that match, that match kicked off 
WrestleMania, and still to this day, um, people put it very high on all-time Bret Hart matches, on all-time Owen Hart matches, on all-time WrestleMania matches. Um, talk about Owen and Bret opening WrestleMania 10 and how it still stands today. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, what a great way to open a WrestleMania. Um, you, you know, I mean, they that storyline was so rooted in reality uh, in terms of what people thought of a sibling rivalry. Um, I mean, I remember, you know, speaking with Bret Hart many times. I've had the honor of working with Bret many times over the years. And, you know, and he said people used to go up to him in airports, at shows, at appearances, um, if he was just out and about and talk to him, you know, about uh, how people were reacting to seeing the two of them, uh, you know, quote unquote, fight on TV. Um, the match itself, the actual, you know, physicality of the match itself. I mean, those, again, two master craftsmen, um, you know, those matches are so good. Um, you can just watch them over and over again. And, you know, uh, Brett and Owen, you know, you mentioned Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, um, Randy Savage. There are certain there are certain performers uh, whose matches really stand the test of time. <clears throat> Uh, where they're not only good for a certain era, but like great all time. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why people feel the Brett Owen match from WrestleMania 10 is that good because it is. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, like, when you go back to WrestleMania 10, for me, I kind of skip, you know, I kind of skip through a lot of the matches. That's one match I can watch. Straight through, even their even their classic uh, at SummerSlam '94 as well. Uh, people, I think, not saying they forget, but they kind of mention more of the SummerSlam than WrestleMania because maybe it was for the title as opposed to WrestleMania 10. But that match, and you know, the main event was decent, kind of short. But the other match, Brian. Um, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, ladder match, Intercontinental Championship, I I think, you know, is the standout of that card. You know, the premise of how ladder matches are done nowadays, we get multiple man matches, we get multiple ladders involved, and it's, things are crazy. That match had two people, two belts, one ladder, and they had 20 minutes to, to, to do what they do. And still, 25 is later, People still regard that as the greatest ladder match of all time, even though there's other matches like Sean and Brett from Survivor Series 92. That was pretty good in a ladder match. Um, but when you when you when you hear Razor and, and Sean ladder match from WrestleMania 10, and you know they try to compare it to their SummerSlam 95 ladder match. Uh, which people think are you know is better than ten? I don't know, but what's your take on WrestleMania ten match between Razor and Shawn? Oh, it was nothing like it was. It was not like anything that had been seen before. 
And that's why it's it's held in such a high regard, and it should be held in such a high regard. Um, you know, uh, very quickly about Bret Hart. Mm. Um, you know that that WrestleMania 10 main event. It was the first time that we saw two superstars compete in the main event two years in a row, back to back summer uh, WrestleManias. And when you talk about the ladder match. The ladder doing the ladder match was his idea that he gave to Vince McMahon because they were doing that in the early '80s in Stampede Wrestling, his dad's promotion in Canada, and um, you know, and that was something that he thought he would do at some point with Shawn Michaels. Uh, but the 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 match with Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon was so innovative at the time and um you know even the nuance of you know uh michael's bodyguard the giant diesel you know gets thrown out yeah of of the of uh, madison square garden by the referee was so good um you know i mean it was just it was very innovative you had two guys who were uh who were great in the ring uh, athletically and uh, and could really mix it up and it was um, I mean that it was a, a trailblazer of uh, of a match and you know I mean all these years later people still look to that match I mean the iconic uh, mid-air picture of Shawn Michaels uh, jumping from the the ladder mm-hmm. onto Ramon, and then of course, you know the bad guy holding up both belts uh, on the ladder. I mean, you know, this is iconic imagery we're talking about. So your point with Brett, yeah, uh, Brett and Yoko, um, WrestleMania main evented, main evented WrestleMania. In back-to-back years, the first time that, that, that that's been done until we got The Rock and John Cena for 28-29, right? Right. Okay. I mean, I think if you, you know, did a trivia, like who was who were the first people to, to main event WrestleMania back-to-back years? I'm pretty sure most are going to throw out Hogan and Macho and Warrior and those guys with... Some may not, unless they unless they really know really know their knowledge. I think most would not even say Bray and, and, and Yokozuna. No, no, and uh, you know, and that's why I love talking about the history of WWE, and that's why one of the reasons why I love the WWE Network uh, because it's easy now for fans to just log on and and really learn the incredible history that WWE has. Yeah, because some don't even, you know, you know, someone could say, oh, this this was the greatest ladder match of all time, but then you got to say, hey, hold on, hold on one minute. Check out Razor and Sean for WrestleMania 10 or this match or that match. So I think it's always good to be, you know, to go back in the archive, be nostalgic. Um, the question I got for you is, do you prefer Razor Sean at WrestleMania 10 or Razor Sean at SummerSlam 95? I always go with WrestleMania 10. The the enormity of it, it was the first time it ever happened on a grand stage like WrestleMania. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, 
I'll always go with that. And and one of the things that I've enjoyed learning about over over the years is that apparently, and X Pac has talked a lot about this. Um, the ladder matches they were having at live events apparently were even better than what we saw at WrestleMania 10. If you can imagine that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you know, so sometimes we do hear stories about things happening better on live events than 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 they, than they do at, at a at a mania or whatever. Maybe the, the spotlight gets a little bigger, and you, you try not to mess up and and try to be perfect. But maybe you're a little more relaxed at at, at a live event. I don't know. You know, I mean, there there you always you always hear uh, you know great things about you know about the WWE live events and. Uh, it's another reason why to go to them because you know the, the the matches are always great. I, I think I think the superstars have a little bit more time in their matches because it's not you know for television. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just uh, when I I remember when I heard that I I couldn't believe it, but uh, yeah, I always go back to WrestleMania ten. What are um I know you worked on the book for. Uh you know the 30 years of WrestleMania. You probably got some some good stories about WrestleMania 10 that most won't know about. What what are some tidbits that while writing this book that you learned about WrestleMania 10 that you probably did not know pr- uh, prior? Um. Well, one of the things that I loved was um, was learning just how much of a risk. Uh, Vince and Linda McMahon took personally to launch the WrestleMania concept. Um, and, you know, putting it all on the line. Uh, literally, like anything they owned, mm. putting it on the line to do this and what that took and the early days of really solidifying this as first an annual event then a um you know making it an event you could take nationally i mean it was just uh it was just wonderful learning that in particular yeah, I know. You know, I know you told me before. Without Wrestle, we won't be here at the thirty fifth WrestleMania if WrestleMania one doesn't be as good or successful as it was. And they they put everything, they put all the chips on the table, and you know it really panned out and 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 worked out all these all these years later. But anything on WrestleMania 10 in particular that you learned from this, from doing a book that you, maybe you did not know about. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was the first, uh, year that they had something called the, um, fan fest. Um, you know, you saw like a fan event at WrestleMania's four and five at Atlantic city in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, but, I mean, there were all different booths set up for WrestleMania 10 um, fan event where you could look at action figures and home videos and play video games. And, uh, 
you know, get into the announce booth and, um, you know, we know that today is fan access. So, uh, there were a lot of great memories, uh, that people were sharing with me, um, you know, about WrestleMania and WrestleMania 10. Now in the book, which I see in the corner of WrestleMania 10, there was something where that for, for fans who could not get in the garden for the main card, that the theater, I think they sold tickets for the theater for fans who want to go you know, go in there and they see it on the big screen so that they can still be a part of the event even though they're not in the actual physical garden. Um, and also there was an, a, an appearance by Macho Man, at, I believe, after his match to greet some fans, right? Yes. So I, uh, what used to happen a lot in Madison Square Garden was – uh, for the big events, um, if it was a sellout, what they would do is they would open up the theater, um, which is, you know, in the Madison Square Garden building, uh, but at a different part uh, of the venue. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, broadcast, uh, you know, broadcast the, the, the event on screen. And uh, for for WrestleMania 10, you know, the, and and like many other WWE events over the years, uh, they they had to do that, and um, and Macho Man took it upon himself to surprise the crowd and um, and talk to the fans, and of course, you know, everyone went nuts for the Macho Man. I mean, you know, listen to um, listen to the crowd response at WrestleMania 10 when Randy Savage is announced uh, for his match against Crush. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it, it, uh, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. What is the... I think this is probably the last one I got for you, but what is... Matter of fact, two of them. Where do you... For you personally, I probably asked you this so many times, but I forgot. Where do you personally rank WrestleMania 10 for you? Is it in your top 10, your top 15, your top 20? Where's WrestleMania 10 for you? Uh, well, now that we're on WrestleMania 35. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I, 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 would, I would say it's... Um, I would say it's probably top 10 or 15 for me. I mean, it was so enormous at the time, right? Because of the stuff that we talked about. Um, You know, but that's the great thing about WWE. There's no off season and WrestleMania is every year. So, uh, but it's, it's in the, it's in the top echelon of, uh, of WrestleManias for me. And now I'll say I'll say conversely, mm. like WrestleMania's nine and eleven are not. Mm, yeah, I was, <laughs> bro. I, I think you can ask anybody in person on Twitter, social media. Hey, what are the you know what's the worst WrestleMania? What's the top three worst? You're you're gonna get WrestleMania nine. You're gonna get WrestleMania eleven, and. I think you're gonna get WrestleMania 27. That, that, that's the consensus that I've gotten, and you know, every time I do that kind of conversation, nine, eleven, and twenty-seven are 
to them, and even for me, are like the bottom three of WrestleManias. You know, and that's the thing, dude, is that, you know, everybody has the everybody has the WrestleManias that mean a lot to them, mm-hmm. that they think they're the best for whatever reason, uh, and those that, you know, that just that aren't their favorite. So which one, which one do you have as number one? Like for oh, you, oh. for you, <laughs> I know I stay asking you those tough questions where you got to think about it, but yeah, I got to put you on a spot, man. What's your favorite WrestleMania? Wow. Um, there'll always be something to me about WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. Um, the buildup between Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat. Um, what was billed as Roddy Piper's last wrestling match, and then Hogan Andre at the time was so epic. Um, but you know WrestleMania 17 is up there too. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of then you get into like just matches and not so much whole events. Right. But I- uh, but yeah, for me, uh, those are. You know, some of the things I think of off the top of my head. Is there is there a WrestleMania that kind of goes under the radar, goes underrated, but should be talked about more than what it is? That gets overlooked. Uh, huh. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know because, um, you know, I mean, there's so much focus on like an individual match as opposed to a whole event. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. Well, to help you out a little bit, I think to go back on the favorite, I think I told you before, I think WrestleMania 17 would be my favorite if I if I had to do a top five in no order. I think outside of seventeen being number one, I would throw in WrestleMania nineteen from Seattle. Um, WrestleMania thirty was good. I know that's still recent, but I think overall top to bottom, that, that was a very good WrestleMania. Even WrestleMania thirty one was was kind of shocked me from top to bottom and how they ended ended with the cash in. Um. WrestleMania, I think twenty eight was pretty good. WrestleMania three, that's you know that'll <laughs> WrestleMania three is, is WrestleMania three, man. That that's like the, the Mount Rushmore of all of it. But um, that was I was like four at the time, so I, I I didn't see it live or in person. The first Mania I really saw, um, that I remember was WrestleMania six with Hogan and Warrior. But um, trying to find those little. In between WrestleManias, WrestleMania 20, 21 was pretty good from from LA. That was that was pretty good. And um, actually, actually, you know what? And I'm I'm glad that that you helped me. Mm. Uh, like you do every time I come on. <laughs> uh, I think WrestleMania twenty one was a really great WrestleMania that doesn't get talked enough. I mean, uh, between Ray versus Eddie. Uh, Shawn Michaels' Kurt Angle was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I thought the Triple H Batista match was awesome. 
Yeah. Um, you know, John Cena's first WWE championship. So you know what? Again, thank you. That's that's the one. WrestleMania 21 is the WrestleMania uh, that is not not talked about enough. Then you had Taker, Randy Orton. You had oh yeah, um, John Cena, John Cena, JBL, Batista, Triple H, and Kurt Sean, Trish Stratus, Christy Hem, Hemi, uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match, Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and you know what? WrestleMania 21 was only nine matches. <laughs> yeah, kind of showed you how far we we've, we've come from. Oh yeah. Well, and that was you know that was at the Staples Center, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, the second to last uh, arena WrestleMania. Mm. I, I like I like twenty two as well. I think um, you had Triple H and John Cena. You had Edge and Mick Foley. You had Shawn and Vince, uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, twenty two. Uh, I don't have any. Uh, they had so many other matches that. You can kind of say kind of goes underrated. I think that that main event with John and Hunter is an underrated John Cena match. I know he made evented that in 23. 20, 23 is another one. Um, Mickey James and Trish Stratus for the yep. women's title. Taker and Mark Henry. Mysterio Orton, Kurt Angle in a triple threat match. Uh... RVD winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. So 21, 22, and I throw in 23 in there are like really underrated in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that for sure. Last one I got for you, um, Brian, is the overall legacy of WrestleMania 10. What is it? I, I, I think WrestleMania 10 represents the the solidifying of the new generation of WWE superstar. Hmm. That's what I think. Because you look at the style of matches, uh, that ladder match, um, and it was really making a commitment to that in-ring athleticism and performance. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and they nailed it. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, what you got going on now, recently? What you got coming out? Um, I know I always follow your work. Great work, uh, great work with the book for 30 years of WrestleMania, even the book with uh, Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair. So what you got going on? I know you told me you won uh, an award or is uh, nominated for an award recently, right? Yes. Yeah, so at um, around holiday time, I I received an, a, a call I, I never thought I, I would receive. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, in Waterloo, Iowa, has a Hall of Fame induction ceremony every year. And, um, I mean, it has an incredible Hall of Fame for not only amateur wrestling, but professional wrestling. And... Um, you know, I, I was told that I was going to be uh, given the Jim Melby Award. Uh, Jim Melby was a, an incredible journalist um, and photographer who covered professional wrestling for decades. And um, I'm just very honored to uh, be making that trip to Waterloo in July. Uh, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame 
is not affiliated with WWE, but they have a great relationship with WWE, um, and WWE sends uh, talent and representatives to that weekend every year. Um, Jim Ross and Jerry Briscoe are part of the board of directors. Um, I know for this year, uh, and the, the Hall of Fame just just reopened after a one point four million dollar renovation. Uh-huh. Um, so Jim Ross, Jerry Briscoe will be there. Um, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Beth Phoenix. It was announced earlier this year that Beth Phoenix is being inducted as the first woman. Uh, inductee so um, definitely check out the National Wrestling Hall of Fame online Um, that's going to be an amazing weekend well first of all congrats to you I know you work very hard in in every project that you do Um, you, you, you definitely got a fan with me uh, I tend to follow, you know, everything that you do. You mentioned Beth Phoenix. She's now coming out of retirement for WrestleMania. So I, 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 we're not sure if it's a one-off, but uh, look, looking forward to see her back in the ring. Um, always great having you on, talking some WrestleMania, some wrestling. I know I'll, I'll have you on again in the near future. You can follow Brian Shields on Twitter at It's Brian Shields, New York Times bestselling author, author of 30 Years of WrestleMania, and... The book with Flair and uh, Second Nature. There you go. Second Nature with Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair. Um, again, Brian Shields, New York Times, best-selling author. Th- uh, thanks again, man. Always appreciate it. Randy, it's always a pleasure coming on the show. Thank you for having me and, and enjoy WrestleMania. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, man. All right.